and welcome to a brand new Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I am your host Tusk, known in real life as Adam Chalk. I am here to give my honest opinion on the things that we like or dislike from all the goings on in professional wrestling right now. From shows like WWE, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, as well as pay-per-views, premium live events, and some indie shows, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. I am here today to review last night's Monday Night Raw, and for the first time, really, for a little while, this felt like a slog. Um felt long felt boring <sighs> so much crap but let's go through it shall we the Usos and Solo Sokoa come out for a promo to start the show when the Usos talk about the bloodline success at Crown Jewel and turn their attention to the match they're about to have on Smackdown with the New Day the New Day then come out and congratulate them for winning on Saturday. Uh, seems to be respect there at the start. Usos talk up everything that the New Day have done before calling them the second best tag team. Uh, they then all argue about working under pressure, basically. Uh, they do their best to sort of tie in every bit of history and some kind of storyline, I guess. Then Matt Riddle comes out and ruins it all. Uh, he starts to ask Woods to join his and Elias's band, I think. Jay tells him to shut up. Uh, there's more weed jokes. I just cannot stand it. It's not funny. Uh, he offers a hit on his bongs to everybody. Uh, Jay doesn't have any of it. And then basically a six man gets made out of it. This was trending in a good direction until Riddle came out and just completely ruined the segment. Not great. But we got that six-man, the Usos and Solo Sokoa versus Matt Riddle and the New Day. Uh, Jimmy and Riddle start off and uh, Riddle gets the better of the exchange early on. We get a unicorn stampede thing from the baby faces. Uh, the heels single out Kofi briefly. Woods comes in and drops a double axe handle from the top rope. Very little was happening at this point. After a break, uh, Usos hit a double spine buster on Riddle. Uh, Jimmy gets a two off a hip attack in the corner. Solo Sokoa finally gets in the match and works over Riddle for a bit. Riddle fights back and hits Jay with a fisherman's suplex. Woods gets the hot tag and he and Kofi clears house and Kingston hits crossbody on Solo and does his boom drop. Uh, Solo catches Kofi then and drills him with a nice belly to belly. After another break, Solo drops a leg drop straight on the face of Kofi Kingston it seemed. Kofi comes back, he delivers a tornado DDT and then Riddle gets tagged in and runs wild. He takes out all three heels. Later, he goes for a floating bro, but gets super kicked instead. Uh, Jay tries a Nuso splash, but Riddle catches him with a triangle. Jimmy, though, does hit one, uh, but Xavier Woods breaks up the pin. 
He nails Jimmy with a rolling elbow, but again, Solo Sokoa is the difference. He takes out the New Day on the outside. Uh, Riddle gets him with a floating bro, though. Uh, Jimmy hits a suicide dive, but Riddle does get the better of him and does the Orton DDT and RKO. But Solo Sokoa gets the blind tag. He comes in, plants Riddle with a Urinagi, and the Bloodline pick up another win. Going to be honest, most of this was boring and slow. I've no idea why Corey Graves described it as fast and wild. Obviously wasn't watching the same match I was. Uh, None of this did anything for me, really. I would have kept the interactions between the Usos and the New Day for Friday and made that a little bit bigger. Uh, Yeah, no interest in any of this. I guess they don't have anything for Matt Riddle to be doing at the moment. We then get a long recap of Crown Jewel. And then the the start of the show got even worse as JBL was out. Uh, More bollocks spilled out of his mouth before introducing Baron Corbin. At least we didn't get too much of him. I just hate this JBL character. Baron Corbin's music sucks as well. I hate that music. But we did get Baron Corbin versus Cedric Alexander. Uh, Corbin is all over Alexander with stomps in the corner. Corbin does his slide-through clothesline thing. That gets a two-count. Alexander fights back and does a handspring thing, a bit like Joe Gacy, followed by the suicide dive. Uh, once they get back in the ring, though, Corbin catches him with an end of days, and he picks up the win. All pointless crap, really. Um, all performed pretty decently, but just, again, did nothing for me. Maybe this should have been one of Corbin's first two matches since coming back instead of struggling through matches against Ziggler. Um, yeah, a bit back, back to front, really. Seth Rollins then comes out for what we thought was going to be his United States uh, Championship Open Challenge. He cuts a promo before a match could start with the usual stick that he does. Judgment Day come out. Uh, They surround the ring at first and then Finn gets in the ring and says he has a bone to pick with him. A couple of years ago, Seth cost him gold. So now he's going to cost him gold. The OC come out. Uh, Seth just sneaks off away from the ring. Styles says that it's far from over between the OC and the Judgment Day. I did like Finn's line in there. Uh, the only thing over in this ring are the Judgment Day. That was quite cool. Uh, Cause the OC old news. AJ says it's always been three on four. And... They've been trying to find someone for their Rhea Ripley problem, but they couldn't find anyone. Uh, Rhea shouts at this point, that's because nobody likes you or something. That was quite funny. Uh, AJ continues and says, this woman found the OC. This is when Mia Yim shows up, attacks Rhea Ripley from behind on the outside. Unfortunately, got no reaction at all. Uh, all eight of them go at it. 
I did like Dominic trying to be a sneaky bastard, but AJ just catched him and hit him with a stars clash. Uh, Mia Yim isn't the person I expected to align. I know there were rumours of her re-signing, and Mia Yim's great. I'm a fan of Mia Yim. Has done some great work. I think it remains to be seen whether she is the right person. Also, uh, she's obviously coming in as a baby face. Not really a baby face thing to do, attacking somebody from behind. So I didn't really like that either. Um, but I will let it play out. Uh, Seth Rollins gets interviewed in the back and says that his open challenge is still on for later tonight. We then get Otis with Chad Gable in his corner against Elias. Pretty quick match. Uh, Otis showed off his power early on. Elias tries to slam Otis a couple of times, but he just gets squashed. Otis then rams his own shoulder into the ring post, and Elias hits a huge jump in knee, which did look nice, actually. Sold well by Otis. Uh, Gable gets up on the apron and distracts Elias. So Otis gets him up for the world's strongest slam and wins the match. Again, this was okay. Decent stuff in there, I suppose, but there's just nothing to say about it. It's probably not going to go anywhere after this. So I don't know what more I can say other than it happened. Byron Saxton then interviews the Judgment Day backstage about the OC bringing in Mia Yim. Uh, she doesn't give a toss, really. And then as they walk away, Rare Ripley briefly comes face-to-face with Bianca Belair as the rest of the Judgment Day just walk off for some reason. Uh, Bianca Belair, Asuka and Alexa Bliss then come out for a promo. Bianca says she's proud to still be champion, but not everything went to plan at Crown Jewel. Uh, she calls out damage control. Dakota Kai, she, she talks first, uh, bless her, says nobody cares that she won on Saturday and says she still hasn't beaten Bailey, but Bailey has beaten her twice. What? Hmm? I, I don't know. I'm sure she just beat her. Uh, then she goes on about winning the tag titles. Bliss says that they had the match won if it wasn't for Nikki Cross. Asuka and Io shout at each other in Japanese. They all then get into a fight. Um, baby faces fight them off. Bianca says that they didn't let her finish and course for war games as we kind of guess that would be the end goal then Nikki Cross shows up and nails Bianca in the back uh, damage control come back in they beat the baby faces up and the heels stand tall what the fuck was this segment uh, they could have gotten into war games much better I'm, I'm sure this was terrible the the promo from Dakota Kai, I, I think she probably stumbled over her words and then lost herself, but it's really bad. And I suppose that's just the um, 
the nervousness that I've been talking about that we keep seeing from her. Usually she's quality, but this wasn't good. Austin Fury was out next. Uh, he went up against Shelton Benjamin. Good to see Shelton back on Raw. Uh, Shelton lands a big right hand early on, but Fury does his rolling drop kick. Uh, he drops him with a big clothesline. Shelton briefly comes back a little bit and hits a German suplex. Fury, though, whilst he's on top of top rope, um, rakes the eyes of Shelton Benjamin, comes down, hits the A-Town down, and wins the match. I am struggling to really think what the point of this was, other than to make you think, oh, Austin, Austin Fury's night's done, maybe, when you look at what come later. Uh... Again, another match that I took nothing from at all. Talking about taking nothing from, uh, the Miz was out next. Um, he was meant to be. He, well, he did go up against Johnny Gargano, but before that, he says that everything Gargano said in that interview with Byron Saxon last week is false, and he's sick of no one believing him. Uh, he talks about meeting some uh, Hollywood producer who wants to tell the whole truth, get his story out. Johnny Gargano comes out. He says he needs to blow the whistle on himself. Last week, he was hoping that the interview would make the Miz pay Dexter Loomis. Uh, he then goes on that the Hollywood producer that the Miz met was actually a private investigator. With a hidden camera, and he has the footage. He shows the footage. Uh, yeah, he then plays the footage of Miz basically admitting everything that Johnny said. I don't care at all. I'm f I don't think there's many that care. We then got the match, uh, the Miz versus Johnny Gargano. Dropkick early on from Johnny. Uh, that takes him uh, to the outside. And they come back in the ring. Gargano easily out-wrestles the Miz. Uh, Johnny boots him in the arm. Miz, though, manages to connect with a kick to the face. Later, Miz does his corner clothesline thing. Playing the hits, really. Johnny fights back, hits a jumping neck breaker. He super kicks Miz off the apron and dives out on top of him. That takes us to a break. When we come back from a break, Gargano hits a backstabber. He later hits a diving flatliner for two. He then did his jumping spear through the ropes. That also got a two. Miz manages to hit his DDT. That got a two. He does the it kicks. Then there's just Super kicks all round, none of them being sold at all. Uh, Miz hits him with a running knee, though, as he tries the spear thing again. Johnny rolls for a skull-crushing finale and hits a super kick. That got a two. He then does a suicide dive to the outside. Miz then sort of fakes that he's being dragged under the ring. Um, and behind the referee's back, 
nails Gargano with a turnbuckle he got from underneath the ring and wins the match. After the match, Dexter Loomis shows up and just nails the Miz from behind before running away. Uh, yeah, hit him with a chair. So, oh, this was so boring. Uh, and to be honest, I struggled to pick out any highlights to talk about it. And it went quite a while, I think, or it felt like it did. I'm sick of this storyline now. I was invested in it when it first started because there was a bit of intrigue. Now I do not give a shit. Hate it. Um, I'm kind of bored of watching The Miz. I've got all the respect in the world for The Miz. But I just don't want to see him wrestling on Raw every week. Bores me. Johnny... I thought would have come back as this great professional wrestler, exactly what WWE needed. And he's been made to look like an absolute geek. And it's really putting me off Johnny Gargano and hate saying those words, but it is not good. Uh, Damage Control are then backstage with Nikki Cross. They seem to have formed some sort of alliance. And their big plan is for Nikki to go and beat up Dana Brooke. Why? What's the reason for that? Rubbish. But we then did get the match for the 24-7 title. Uh, Nikki did have damage control in her corner. She flies up Dana with a cross body and then just ragdolls her. Uh, Brooke gets a couple of shots in, but Nikki's just crazy and goes back to beating the crap out of Dana. She then hits her neck breaker thing, and that's it. I really don't know what to say about this, to be honest. I think this all happened just for the latest segment to happen uh, when I'll talk about it now. Nikki Cross, well, is meant to chuck the 24 7 title in the bin, but she actually missed and it went next to it, but whatever. Um,. So the 24-7 title's dead. Good. I don't know. I like the fact we're getting old Nicky back. But this match wasn't anything again. Uh, the OC and Mia Yim are then backstage talking about what's going on with the Judgment Day. Basically, they're all going out to get pissed. That's all I got from that. Seth Rollins is then back again for his open challenge for the United States Championship. He again talks before the match. He talks about next month marking the 10-year anniversary of Seth Rollins in WWE. He talks about all the things he's done. He says he's made the US title the title on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Mustafa Ali then shows up on screen. Saying basically saying that he's going to answer the the challenge, but he then gets beaten up sort of off screen, and then we see Bobby Lashley, who is the guy that answers the open challenge while beating up Ali at the same time. Or well, we think he answers the challenge. First thing Bobby does is clothesline Seth to the outside and beat him around ringside, and that's what happened. For a while, really, 
Uh, Seth does manage to get a super kick in, though. He sets up for a pedigree on the outside, but Bobby powers out and continues to attack him. He smashes Seth into the ring post head first and spine busters him through the announce table. The match doesn't get started. Uh, referees and agents are out there. They get Bobby out of the way, gets taken to the back. I guess this sort of cements the heel turn, I suppose. Don't know. But Austin Fury comes out. Uh, we go to the break, I think, at this point. And when we come back, Austin Fury cashes in his briefcase. Let's talk about the match first, or whatever it was. He smashes uh, Rollins with a big left hand, but Seth kicks out. In fact, Seth kicks out of everything, including a pedigree. Uh, Rollins then sends Fury to the outside, counters a roll-through drop kick, hits hard strikes. Fury, though, does hit A-Town down, but Bobby Lashley is back now. He pulls the referee out and then beats the shit out of Fury as well. So now I'm not sure if Lashley has gone heel. So confused. Uh, Fury manages just to beat the referee's 10 count, gets back in the ring, and then gets nailed by a curb stomp. And Seth Rollins gets the win. This was shockingly bad booking. Really shocking. Why would Austin Fury cash in when it was an open challenge, number one? Is he that stupid? And why would he cash in for the United States Championship and not at least attempt go for the world title? And then you go and absolutely kill Fury's character by... Making him lose anyway. I may not be that high on Fury, even though he is full of potential. But this has killed him. And, you know, it, this may have just killed his WWE career for, you know, for the rest of his wrestling career. So stupid. I can't see how he can be taken seriously on that main roster now. I know that sometimes there are ways back. Maybe he goes back down to NXT and comes up again. I don't I don't know. He's always gonna have that stink on him now. I'm shocked that Triple H booked this. Actually the whole show didn't feel like a Triple H show. It felt like Vince was back with a pen. Excuse me. Uh, or worse, Road Dog was writing it. Because this show absolutely sucked. Really disappointed by all of this. Because, let's face it, Raw's been good. Pay-per-views or premium live events have been good. And this... It was fucking terrible. I'm sorry. It was terrible. But that is your Monday Night Raw review. I think I've wasted enough of my time talking about it. 
And as always, you can tell us what you thought of the show through our Facebook page or on Twitter. I'm at AdamChalk8 on there. I will be back tomorrow with the NXT review. So until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.